All right. So it looks like the Astros may still be interested in bringing back Christian Vasquez. Is that a good thing? Is that something that we should be looking forward to? I mean, what about Corey Lee? What about Yarner Diaz? Do we want to develop them? We'll talk about this and more on this edition of the Locked On Astros podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can you find you at? They can find me at HTM Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram and at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs. All right, guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. Go and keep on subscribing. Go and give us a big fat thumbs up while you're there. And go and make us your first listen on your way to work on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcast. I mean, I looked up um, Eric um, Astros podcast the other day just for fun. And like we are every place. It's not just those names. The, the Locked on Astros podcast is on a whole bunch of different places. So wherever you listen to your podcast, check out the Locked on Astros podcast. And so we're going to be talking cat, catching options. I know on the last podcast you did discuss that as well. Tucker Barnhart. And I know Sean Murphy's name keeps on coming up a little bit. Yeah. But we're going to focus a little bit more on Christian Vasquez. And then what are the Mets doing? They're going, they're spending like they have no limit. And I guess that's the Steve Cohen uh, philosophy there. But definitely we're going to talk about center field position and which two arbitration eligible players got a huge or pre-arbitration bonus players got a huge uh, bonus. Uh, we'll talk about that on this edition. So I know, I don't know if you heard about this, Brett, but, um, apparently the Astros and, uh, Christian Vasquez before this season ended or after the world series, they kind of had a handshake deal on a, like a contract for the 2023 season. If he didn't, maybe if he didn't get a deal that he wanted elsewhere, so um, I don't know if that's what the reports we're hearing right now about him possibly coming back to Houston. I know he'll have to accept the the same role he had last year as a backup player or maybe a um, like platoon guy with Martin Maldonado. I, we all know that uh, that Vasquez is uh, better offensively. I think that if you're looking defensively, I think that Maldi still is a little bit above him. But I think that Vasquez is a good piece that you can add yeah. without having trade a whole bunch of players in your farm system. And then also not having to give up one of your starters because the Astros don't have the luxury of having Justin Verlander anymore. Yeah, I I really think that what what is in order is exactly what you're talking about. The Astros said, go test the market, go see what's out there, and then we'll come back to the table and we'll talk. The one thing Christian Vasquez has with the Astros that he doesn't have with anybody else, and it's not just the ring because he got a title in Boston. So it's not like it's his first ring. It's his second ring. So not that it's not that it's old or any less significant, but he he does have that playoff run with them. He has the knowledge with Martin Maldonado. He has a camaraderie with Maldonado. So I don't think it will be a disruption in the club if you bring in this guy versus a 
Wilson Contreras or even someone else. But I think if you go out and get like a Sean Murphy, Sean Murphy, and you have to trade away several people to get him, I think more than likely Maldonado, I mean, Chandler Rome mentioned, and someone said something about this in the chat, said that if they get a different catcher, they may have Maldonado on the trading block. And so there's a lot of moving parts. It's not as simple as bringing somebody in. And we know the deficiencies that Martin Maldonado offers. We know the pluses that he offers with this club. And a lot of his pluses are intangibles. And people want to automatically like discredit the intangibles. They want to discredit the things that aren't the offensive numbers, right? But you can't do that. That's what makes this run. And that's what will be interesting what we talk about when we talk about the Steve Cohen super team is all these big names are great. All these big contracts are great. But what's the chemistry going to be like in the clubhouse? And that's what the Astros do, I think, better than most clubs. And if Vasquez comes back, I think it will be the right move for everybody in Houston. Yeah, I know that. And if you uh, remember, he was part of two no hitters uh, last year. And he he also was he was just he just became a big asset on the bench. I know that he did accept the kind of the backup role. And I know as somebody mentioned, uh, I think it was somebody mentioned that, well, um, if the Astros are going looking at the top tier catchers, they don't see Malnado as a starter anymore. And so that's maybe something that Vasquez and Astros are talking about. Like, uh, if I come back, I don't want to be the backup m- anymore. I don't want to be the um, twice a week starter. I want to be um, starting more than the other guy. And so that's a conversation that the Astros could be having with Vasquez. We really want you back. We like what you offer your team. And uh, like you said, he is a a good clubhouse guy. Uh, I think that he's a good fit. Sean Murphy would be also a great fit. Uh, Tucker Bonhart would be a great fit. But what would you have to give up? Would you have to give up Luis Garcia? Maybe um, like Corey Lee or uh, Yiner Diaz, some other prospects as part of that. I know the A's, they would want a major league ready player or two uh, to to give up their um, Sean Murphy. He is not, he is a valuable piece. And if you look at Tucker Barnhart, I know the Reds aren't going anywhere anytime soon, but they probably want to build for the future, but they always also want to build a winner now if they can win right now but so they're gonna be looking for a major league piece too so uh yes uh ethan if vasquez plays back i think comes back i think he's gonna get more starts than uh malnado i think that with everything that we've seen this off season i think we've seen a shift of the thinking of malnado needs to be the everyday guy nothing against him it just i think the astros can't go with somebody batting 196 or whatever he finished the season with so, um, you know, Tucker's actually a free agent with the um, Tigers this year. Um, when I was when I was on the show um, earlier, he um, he was originally with the Reds. He he was with the Tigers this last year. If you look at Spotrack, um, he was with the Tigers in 2022 on a seven on um, on a one year seven point five million dollar deal. He's now an unrestricted free agent. He had a club option that included a five hundred thousand dollar buyout with escalators up to 8.5 million, but he is oh. actually a free agent. So the thing that Tucker Barnhart offers you is, is it wouldn't be a trade. But what's funny is I did the exact same thing. I said the reds because Tucker Barnhart to me is a reds catcher. Yeah. And I thought he was still with I didn't know that. Well, yeah. that's okay. That just, that just goes to show you how much we don't follow Tucker Barnhart, which I don't know many people that are Tucker Barnhart 
um, enthusiast, but he would be, he would be an option. You know, Murphy would be the one that costs the most. My thing is, Eric, I don't think this club is really in a position to give away a lot of prospects. I don't think as, because we know we value our guys. We know we value the Pedro Leones. We know we value those in the minor league system, JP France, those guys that are on their way up and could be touching the major leagues, you know, Hunter Brown, who's probably going to be in rookie of the year consideration. What's going to be interesting is when they bring Vasquez back, because I really think they are, is what is that platoon situation going to look like? He's going to have to take a more primary role because as a catcher ages, catchers age quicker than other players. Right. And he's not going to want to sit around and do nothing while he's young and virile or while, while he's still you know, pretty young in his baseball life overall, even though I I believe he's 30. Um, He's not 38. He's not 36. But but Vasquez is at that point in his career where he wants to be a major contributor to any ball club. And I think he is the kind of catcher that's cerebral enough and smart enough to maybe he doesn't do exactly what Martin does, but he he has the ability to mimic or replicate most of that. If you do that then there's got to be agreement with Maldi as well because you're paying him five. But you know what, Eric? I think it's going to – I think the the Astros may may offer him two with a third-year club option, maybe two at 20. I think they're going to offer him about four or five million over his value. His value is 5.1 right now. And I think they offer him 10 million for, for two years. Other clubs may be driving up the price, and that's where the linchpin will be is – what are these other clubs that are in the mix? Are they going to offer him three years? Are they going to give him three years, 30, three years, 35? And if they drive that price up and if he doesn't, if he's not just about winning and he wants the money, then he could easily go somewhere else. Yeah. I guess that's what I get for missing Thursday's podcast. I didn't even see that he was a free agent, but anyway. Oh, no, no, no. And that's why I said I yeah. like, I literally did the exact same thing because in my mind, Barnhart was still a Cincinnati Red. Right. So completely yeah. understand so yeah that, that's kind of hard to bet on um that because like i thought he was gonna be a lifetime red but anyway let's talk about um bet online because this episode is sponsored by bet online that's right bet online is the place where you can go to get all the latest props and odds for any event now you might have gone out there and gone out on a limb and bet that the houston texans would beat the cowboys well they almost beat the Cowboys, but there's no bets for that. But that's why when you go to bet online, they have the experts. They have the latest odds, props for amateur sports, professional sports, boxing, UFC, baseball, football, golf, basketball, you name it, World Cup, they've got it. It's a great place. It's an easy-to-navigate website. BetOnline.net is the place to go. They have podcasts. They have sports information, articles you can read, so you are informed and ready to go when you hit that sports book. So, Check out Bet Online today. Use your mobile device or go to your computer and check out what all they have because Bet Online has you with the latest props. Where will Carlos Correa land? Will the Houston Astros return to the World Series? Go to Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right. So um, I really think that, uh, especially with, um, I mean, I don't know if they really had the, um, the Jerry Maguire handshake oak. I mean, um, like the oak, the strongest oak handshake at the end of the season uh, between Vasquez and oh. the Astros. Oh, you yeah, talking like, about um, with, um, you know my with, uh, my word is strong as oak or whatever it was from Jerry Maguire, but um, no, I don't know. I don't think uh, it's it, that. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think they had that, but um, I think that there's a good chance that Vasquez comes back. I think the pitchers love throwing to him. I think the team loved having him on here. Um, now, now he has to, even if Malnado's not back, even if they trade Malnado, they do want to get Corey Lee some playing time or Diaz, whichever one seems more ready to play in spring training. They do want to get them some more playing time. So he will not start likely every day, but uh, he'll get a majority of playing time depending on what they want to do with Malnado. But uh, I think that's up to Dusty Baker. That's kind of up to uh, the kind of the front office. And uh, we'll talk about the center field position in a second. But um, I think that uh, I do want to kind of shift for a second to what the heck are the Mets doing? The Mets are just like throwing stupid money and like Nemo got uh, nine years or something. And then it's just like uh, they signed that uh, Japanese pitcher. Then they've um, signed uh, like Quintana. They, it's like they're going out and signing everybody. They're already um, up, up over. They signed Verlander, of course. Then they signed David Robertson. And they're in talks. There's rumors that they're even interested in Carlos Correa to play third base. They are. And so they'll be, they're almost about, um, they're over, almost over that 300 million mark if they are no, not already there. And they are, they are yeah. over the 300 million mark. Right. And so that's going to be like an $80 million surcharge that they're going to have to pay. But I know that's, that, that, that means nothing to Steve Cohen. He's, he's got a lot of money still, but uh, it's just amazing how these, um, all these teams, not just the Mets, but the Yankees are, I mean, I know they didn't, they, had, they haven't done a lot yet, but they've done a little bit to kind of keep up. And you see the Padres trying to keep up. You see all these teams with, um, over luxury tax threshold right now. The Mets are, the Yankees are, the Padres are, the Phillies are, and uh, the Braves are right at the luxury tax threshold as we speak. The Astros are at 198 million. So they're uh, about 32 million below the luxury tax threshold right now. And the Mariners are at 178 million. So the Blue Jays are at 201. The Rangers are at 204. So just imagine the Rangers went out and spent all this money to get uh, Jacob DeGrom and all these people over. And what if they don't, they still finish behind the Astros, but the Rangers are definitely going to be a much better team in 2023. Yeah. So they were at 298 million when they signed Quintana. This was before they got the guy from Japan. I think it's 306 now. Yeah. So, so they're over, but let me let, let you boys and girls know a little knowledge about Stephen Cohen's financial profile. Okay. This is literally 2%. This tax of $80 million is 2% of his net worth. He's worth around between 8 and $12 billion, depending on which hedge fund you're looking at. Steve Cohen's an absolute animal when it comes to having money to spend, money to just burn through. And so for him, it doesn't matter. Here is, I think, the danger in this is does... In, does this set a precedence against teams that are in smaller markets that can't, that don't have unlimited funds, quote unquote, does this create the imbalance? Remember how the league's whole concern during the lockout was 
the competitive balance between right. teams. You know, that's why we need more teams in the playoffs. But you can bring in more teams in the playoffs, but if teams are literally able to spin their way into the World Series, that essentially ruins competitiveness across the board. I'm not a everybody has to be even level playing field I-9 sports guy, but it seems counterintuitive to where baseball was trying to go. And Steve Cohen's just like putting up double rods saying, I don't give a flip what y'all think. I'm building a super team. And oh, by the way, Correa, he'll play third base for us. Like you said, if Correa plays third now, this is what I think would be scary. What if Correa and Rodon shift gears and both go to the Yankees? I mean, that would be a huge addition for them. The Mets are absolutely building a super team, but just like the Dodgers did with Turner and Scherzer, just like the Mets had with Scherzer and DeGrom, just like all these contracts, you spend all this money, you do all this stuff, and then what happens? You ultimately fall short. It's not about spending money, and that's where I think a lot of our, I think a lot of our fans are here, but some of them are still in the place to where, oh my gosh, we're not spending all the money. We're having an unsuccessful offseason. We're having an unsuccessful signing period. Success doesn't always mean you spend the most. And he, um, you know, go ahead. like El- Eric Miller saying, kind of going off what you're just saying, uh, it's not on who spends the most. Like the Astros are not necessarily out there spending most, but the Dodgers aren't even on that list right now. I mean, that yeah. could change. They can. Uh, I think there's rumors that he, uh, they're looking at signing somebody. But um, the Dodgers are below the luxury tax threshold right now. When's the last time you you could say that? But um, a lot of people are like, well, maybe Cohen's like looking ahead and like, okay, well, it's going up next year. It's only going up three million next year, then another four million next year, then another four million next year, then another three million yeah. to cap I'm off at uh, two hundred forty-four million in twenty twenty-six. He's still going to be way over <laughs> that luxury so tax they threshold. Are. So they're seventh. They're normally the top payroll. They are seventh. It's the Mets, the Padres, the Braves, the Yankees, right. the Phillies, the Angels, the Rangers, the Blue Jays. Hold on. Right. Hold on. This has got to be a typo. The Angels, the Rangers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got have- two teams that are fighting for third place in the American League West that are above the Astros. Right. So Astros fans, before you get mad at Jim Crane for not spending, look at your look at your competition in the in the AL West. They're breaking the bank and they can't even sniff the playoffs. Right. There's something to be said about the way Jim Crane is doing things. And any Jim Crane slander really to me is pretty much null and void at this point. Unless what he does or doesn't do keeps them out of the playoffs or keeps them out of another world series. I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, the Rockets beat the bucks. Nice. I like that. We were, I was watching that with my son earlier. The right, you know, the Rockets are a good young team and I think the Rockets will be better sooner than the Texans. will. um, the Texans showed a glimmer of hope today. I really thought Cowboys fans were going to lose it. If, if we would have gone in there and beat Dallas in Dallas, that would have been, a phenomenal Sunday for Houston sports, but back on track, you know, Eric, I just want to say this, what Jim Crane has done and is doing is play the game smart. It's chess, not checkers. It's not about the most payroll, the highest payroll. It's about who's got the best squad on the team. I'm not saying the Mets don't suddenly have one of the best teams, but you know what the Mets are trying to do? They're trying to beat the Braves right now, Eric. They can't even get to the world series. 
So they're trying right. to beat the Braves. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to go ahead and put this image up. Um, and uh, this is from MLB.com. And this has the top 10 starting duels. Max Scherzer, Verlander is number one. Shane McClanahan and Tyre Glasnow, number two. And number three is Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Uh, number four is Max Fried, Spencer Schreider. Number five, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Number six, Alex Manoa and Kevin Gossman. Number seven, Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell. Number eight, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias. And then mm-hmm. number nine, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez. That's kind of low for them, just saying. And number 10, Framer Valdez and Christian Javier. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think that's the right choice having those two guys there instead of like Lance McCullers, uh, possibly there. But that's where a lot of people have 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 had questions about this. And um, I'll add to that here in a second. Keep going. Sorry. So, yeah. But uh, um, a lot of people have been saying that's kind of disrespecting the Astros. They should be higher up on the list. I would think that Garrett Cole and, and Nestor Cortez should be a little bit higher up on that list as well. I just think that it was just based on the fact that Astros lost Justin Verlander. He was their leader. He was the ace of the staff and the Astros until one of those really shows. I mean, I know Verlander, well, I mean, Valdez did, but people aren't going to give him the respect until he does it without the shadow of Verlander. Exactly. And I, I think, I think stuff like this is to be tempered with a little bit of kind of wait and see, right? Christian Javier, if you talk to baseball people, should be one of the top five pitchers in Major League Baseball next year, given a full season as a starter. Lance McCullers isn't on that list because Lance McCullers cannot stay healthy. Right. Lance McCullers didn't didn't come in until late last season. So he was your third or fourth guy last year. So if you're going off of last season, when Nestor Cortez was on, he was on. Now the last like the last quarter of the season, he was terrible. So I would not, the only reason why Javier and Valdez are lower than them and number 10 is because Javier went from starter to bullpen to starter. Right. And like you said, there, there hasn't been a lot. Again, JV was there. I think if it was JV and Valdez, you would have those guys probably number five or four at the lowest. But when it's all said and done, Eric, that is going to shift. And I predict that Javier and Valdez will be one of the top three or four duos in the major leagues because not only do they have other pitchers to help them, Eric, they have the bullpen. And that's what in these other teams do have good bullpens, but they don't have the Astros bullpen. And that was the that was the strength of this team all season long with Stanek, Montero, Nares. Right. And we've run through all these things all day. But my thing is we've got starters that could be a one, two, or a three from top to bottom. We even yeah. got guys like Jose Arquiti who is not utilized as much. But remember, he stabilized things. When Framber's been out, he was your stabilizer. He was your steady horse. He was your steady Eddie kind of person. And still to this day, he has the most World Series wins. Now, we know Framber Valdez got two this year uh, because of the games he pitched in and what happened. But I see this duo, Eric, of of Javier and Valdez to be one of the more underrated and one of the most celebrated at the end of 2023. Yeah. And I know a lot of odds makers are making the Astros uh, predicting still with all the moves that these Mets and all the, the Padres and all of them are making. 
the Astros are still favored by most betting sites and places to be with the best odds to win the World Series next year. So they're still doing good um, overall. And uh, so it's just it's just awesome to be on this team. And it just feels safe to have the bullpen that we do. And this episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. That's right. At Locked On Astros, we believe that home that your home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Astros listeners 40% off a new security system. And you don't want to put this off. We love Simply Safe at my house. It is easy. It is, it is, has got some of the most awesome assistive technologies. The apps on the cell phone are phenomenal. You feel locked in to their security monitoring system because it's 24-7. They have a support staff that's there to help you. And for a third year in a row, they were voted best home security system by U.S. and World News Report. Not only that, it's cost efficient. 24-7 professional monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of your traditional security systems. Top-rated Simply Safe app, like I mentioned, complete control, unlock for a guest, disarm, access your cameras, and so much more. So don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off a new system, any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I know a lot of people in the chat are asking about Brian Reynolds. I know that he requested a trade from the Pirates, but uh, he they are basically asking for a Juan Soto type trade where you basically give up a lot, a lot of players, and no team is willing to do that at this time. And I think that uh, I I doubt that there's a trade that's going to happen. Brian Reynolds is a val- valuable piece, and the Pirates aren't going anywhere. Until they lower their trade price, I don't think they're, you're going to see anything happen. Yeah. I, I with the Astros. Yeah, no, I, I think with the Astros, it's pretty much a non-starter. Someone put up the last two seasons uh, between Carlos Correa and Brian Reynolds, and literally Brian Reynolds is better than Carlos Correa in almost every category. Not by much, but by a few points here, like three home runs. He has 51. Carlos has 48. OPS plus, he's 136. Carlos is 135. Um, they're both are around 150 plus RBIs. Total basis, he's got um, 542, and his O WAR is 10.9, where where Correa's is 10.4. Basically, what that tweet was saying was Brian Reynolds is really stinking good, and the Pirates want to keep them there. From what we're hearing from under, I mean, from other executives, is they're not being named, but they're saying, yeah, the Pirates aren't going to let this guy go. So I didn't ever think the Astros trading Kyle Tucker, you know? Oh yeah. And you're, why would you do that? That would, you would have to be smoking crack or doing some serious drugs if you're going to trade Kyle Tucker, because Kyle Tucker is dude, there was a picture that I believe, I don't know if Mark put it, someone put it up there of Ted Williams swinging. It was, it was him and he was like jeans. He, he didn't have a shirt on, but he was doing a swing, right? It was, it was an old black and white picture in his in his backswing like like all the way through when he was like when he had completed his swing looked just like Kyle Tucker and they're like this is why people refer to him as you know as you know um Ted Williams or you know 
Ted Jr. because his swing looks exactly like Ted Williams. And this guy's talent, Eric, is going to be huge. This the the shifty and ban I think is going to be good for him. I think it's going to be good for Alvarez. You know, him and Alvarez both got bonuses um, this year, Eric. They they got what was what was the bonus? This was the this was a bonus that was that was yeah, agreed it. upon. Yeah, it's a part of the new CBA and like the the players that so uh, before like players that before pre arbitration the pre-arbitration players, okay. they basically got scraps and so they didn't make a lot of money. And so the, the players association wanted them to get a little bit more money um, if they and reward them for having great seasons. And so 11 players earned more than 1 million in 2022 as part of the 50 million pre-arbitration performance bonus uh, program. Okay. And three of them earned more than 2 million. Uh, one of them was Alvarez. He earned 2.4 estimated million. Uh, so that brought his total up to 3.145 million in 2022. So, so he that, made more on his bonus yeah. than he did right. on his actual salary. Right. And so <laughs> the other two were was Dylan Cease and Alex Manoa. And then uh, if then you have eight more people that learned, earned at least 1 million from their pre-arbitration, Zach Allen, Julio Rodriguez, Michael Harris, Emmanuel uh, Claus, uh, Andres Jimenez, uh, Adley Rutschman, Rutschman. and then Kyle Tucker. He earned $1.146 million in bonus money. So he got a little nice chunk of change as well. And Spencer Strider, the great pitcher with the uh, Braves, also uh, got a – above $1 million bonus. So yeah, this is a incentive for players who are just trying to make a name for themselves to just go out there and do your best and then you're going to get rewarded. And so just, uh, just looking at the season that Alvarez had, I know uh, it's just, it's just good. Yeah. He got, he got that because of what he got in his year end award voting. It's called a joint war award. And someone asked Feinstein like, what's the what's the formula and he's like i don't know what the formula is whatever the formula is that they agreed upon with the players union in major league baseball so there's a certain formula it's basically a performance bonus right it's you do good you do great you get a great bonus and it's just amazing that jordan alvarez got more bonus a hundred plus percent bonus than what his salary like you know, as teachers, or if you're listening, you're just a normal worker, you, you hear a bonus, right? You think like maybe, maybe a couple grand or something like that. This dude literally got paid his salary plus some. And that's phenomenal though, because Jordan Alvarez absolutely deserves every penny he's getting the restructured contract he has with the Astros. And that's why I absolutely love him being in Astros uniform. And Eric, I really don't see him in long-term going anywhere else. I see him staying in Houston for, for, for the life of his career. Yeah, for those of y'all just joining earlier, we talked about Christian Vasquez. According to Ken Rosenthal, he is um, um, he's one of the teams that uh, I mean, the Astros are one of the teams that are rumored to be uh, kind of intensifying trying to sign him. We also talked about Sean Murphy as a, a trade option, and then uh, Tucker Barnhart is looking for a two-year deal uh, to sign with the team. So he's played with Dusty Baker before with the Reds. So this is um, some uh, something that could happen. So. Um, I don't know um, 
what the best answer is here. I mean, you could, I, I think you just sign Vasquez and just move on with the off season. I mean, we know what we got from him. I know he didn't offer much offensively, but he did get hits in key situations. And I think if well, he plays more, he's going to hit more. Well, he is known for his bat. He is an offensive catcher. And so he absolutely will come into form, especially in this lineup. Right. I mean, dude, yeah. Jose Abreu, I mean, one through seven. I mean, this is, and, you know, look, look, Chaz McCormick, and we haven't really talked about this, and we're probably not going to have time to get into it tonight. But Chaz yeah. McCormick, I think, has cemented himself as the starter. He is, he is, he is the guy. It is his job to lose. Jake Myers is going to be in the mix. But y'all got to remember, we got Pedro Leon, we got Dearden, and we also have Jolts. I mean, we still have him. And so whether whether he goes in a trade or something like that, we have depth in center field. And this lineup is going to be an absolute murderer's row top to bottom. I really think if we're going to get offensive production out of the catcher, it's going to have to be because we signed Christian Vasquez. And Christian Vasquez has to start more than 30% of the starts. You've got to absolutely, if especially if they get him on a two-year deal, Eric, and here's the kicker. They get him on a two or three year deal, and they do pay him upwards of ten million dollars. And Martin's paying five. Martin will not get a majority of the starts. Yeah, because yeah, um, yeah. I think that the Astros checklist, unless they sign somebody like An- Andrew Benettini or Michael Conforto, I think the Astros are going to bring back Michael Brantley. They're going to bring back Vasquez, and uh, I think they're going to be uh, maybe get somebody for DH. I don't know what they're going to do at this point, but uh, I don't see them. Um, I think the guys they wanted are gone. I think they really wanted Wilson Contreras, but I don't think they could promise him that he'd be catching every day and he probably wanted to catch. Plus it was the long-term deal. And I was having a discussion with somebody last night. I'm like, the Astros are not going to be giving away these long-term deals. They're not going to give a five-year contract to a catcher. Right. Um, you know, hey, there was there was a UFC media guy who tweeted out, um, you know, UFC was in Houston and right. he asked Michael Brantley, are you going to be a Houston Astro next year? And he said, I would love to be I would love to come back to Houston. Of course, that went nuts. People are like, oh, my God, Brantley's definitely coming back. It didn't mean anything. But I'm telling you this. I don't know any other teams I've heard. I haven't heard a single word about Brantley going anywhere else. I've heard about Vasquez being hunted. I've heard about some other guys. But I think we get Brantley back. Um, we might get a Conforto, but I don't think we're going to pay Benatendi. Benatendi's going to want too much. Conforto for one year. I think yeah. uh, he's no, going to try to rebuild his value, maybe with a second or third year option with um, and I have a, performance or something. No, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. I don't want to pay Benatendi. I think it's too much. We don't need to go break the bank. <laughs> our, team's, our team's amazing, guys. Y'all got to realize – we're the we're the reigning world champions in our team. Yeah, we lost Justin Verlander, but we still have we still have an amazing pitching staff. So that's all I've got tonight, Eric. I think things are looking bright, whether we get Vasquez or not. I trust the process. I trust Jim Crane and Jim Crane. I trust. But hey, Crane, if you want to make it rain, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry about it. And I I don't think you can get um I don't think you can get Vasquez for a two-year deal. You're going to have to give him a four-year deal minimum to be your catcher. And I think uh, if the money's right, they can get, they can get it done. So I think 
there's mutual interest on both sides. So we'll see what happens um, from here. But guys, that's all we got for this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with a um, a coach, uh, Elvis, from the um, lower Dominican, right? Is it? He's basically from the Dominican Summer League. He's been the hitting right. instructor, so he's got word on some of the young Dominican players he's going to share with us. He doesn't talk to us also about the new hitting coach um, down there in the Dominican Summer League. So, um, you know, we got some cool things to talk about, some players that you may not have heard of that you'll definitely want to stop in and check it out. And we're working on a big time person for later this week. So make sure you tune in to us all off season. We are uh, when the Texans suck and the Rockets are uh, not that good too. You can always count on the locked on Astros to keep you up to date with all the Astros. news. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's all we got. We'll see you tomorrow and go Astros.